Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. This is a wild theme for this week of impermanence. In part, coming a little bit into this conversation today with a heavy heart. We lost our producer, Brian Vasquez, to cancer earlier this week. And it's kind of fitting that the theme of impermanence was already scheduled. Today, we're going to share some reflections. I know Brian would be like, come at this with lightness, with joy. Arlene, our artist, reminded us that his favorite card was Sing, which was full of positive vibrations. And so we're going to get to talk a little bit about Brian, share some stories. We're going to dedicate this show to him. We have a beautiful conversation with Karen Mack, who is the founder of LA Commons, a South LA-based nonprofit, really at the intersection of art, culture, and wellness. And yeah, the show must go on. And I think this is what Brian would have wanted. And so if you want to just help us sort of ground us, Belinda, with what the theme and the prompt for impermanence is in the Gratitude Bloom and Garden Deck. Card number seven, the iris flower representing impermanence. All things fade and change over time. What can this awareness teach you? I just, there's so many different stories that I could share about Brian. And I think just for some context, or for folks know, he, Brian was 42 years old, grew up here in LA with at one point was a professional baseball player. And then really his passion though was sound. He was a DJ for a local radio station here and he was a sound engineer and self-taught everything that he did, but he did it with just class and professionalism. Uh, and it was cancer, which unfortunately he didn't even know he had until the end of November. And so it's just one of those things that why we practice gratitude is just that recognition that no day could be taken for granted. And as I just thought about my relationship to Brian, it was started in 2019 when I was launching the gratitude app, G thanks. And all of a sudden we needed to create a bunch of content. I had never done voiceover work. I'd never done recording work. And he was just, he guided me. I was in a little garage. My partner at the time, we had a little sort of studio that we converted into from his garage. We were sweating back there. And he just, I remember he never gave criticism. He would just say, great first take, Omar. Let's start Mm -hmm. from the top again. He just was always just, he had a grace and gentleness to him. And I think part of it because he had just this profound belief in the power of sound. He would tell us sound is eternal. And so that's part of how I'm just remembering that in many ways, because we recorded so many of our conversations over the last three years, like in 2020, 
he helped produce our weekly Thankful Thursday on Zoom when we were just trying to figure out what was going on. He literally was there every Thankful Thursday producing it on Zoom. He started hosting his own with his wife, Nicole, who our hearts go out to. They were on Clubhouse hosting five days a week, their own gratitude sessions. And then in 2021, we launched our podcast. And we launched it in large part because we knew that Brian could be on our team. And we had no idea what it could become. The fact that we're, you know, in top 5% of podcasts in the world and just continuing to sort of put that sound, that vibration, that love, that joy that we know that is possible into the world. And so it just, those are just a couple of memories that I have of him and just, even I remember him sharing a story of his first connection to sound was with a Fisher Price radio and cassette player. And that's when he just, he pretended to be a newscaster or a pastor and he would just record his voice as a three or four year old. And so this is just, it's beautiful that he got to really connect to his passion and that his passion is something that can really live on. Yeah. One of the things that most Striking to me about Brian was just how kind of a person he was and just how soft and heart open he was. And we were so lucky to have a team retreat a year and a half ago in uh, Mount Shasta. In Mount Shasta. And to be able to talk about, well, what does it mean to nourish ourselves? with our connection to nature and the trees and the ground and to nourish ourselves with good food. And I remember he said he had never eaten so well. The fact that I've never done it, I don't think I've ever taken care of myself. I thought that for a long time, just kind of spending a couple minutes and praying or just trying to breathe for a second was self-care, but I didn't realize how much I needed to care for myself in how many different places. And I think for me, what came to me over the weekend was just how much I'm capable of to do for myself. Like, you know, there's times I've depended on other services to take care of me, like massages or going to the gym or, you know, people going places. But I realized I could just do it for myself, with myself, right in the present moment. And I never learned how to do that. It also started with eating as well. I've, I've really taken a lot of my, uh, my sorrow and my hurt and my grief and my trauma and I take it out on food. I eat. I'll overeat and there are times I just find comfort in food and I think I found my mom was the same. So I kind of like mirrored off her a little bit and um this weekend I just I just had a completely different approach to it. I I almost it, it commanded a different approach. Um, with the food that we were served and how Peter served it and how he blessed the food and prayed over it and just the energy in general. I couldn't treat that food the same way that I had treated food all my life, which was just shoveling it in and, you know, just trying to find some kind of 
I don't know, some kind of numbing through it. And in this case, I just savored every bite and every bite tasted different. And where I realized I got full faster, which never happens to me. And it's just like I, I treated my body differently with the way that I ate, the way that I breathed, the way that I looked at things. It was all like I was being selfish for the first time in my life where I just took care of myself. I have never done that before. And it was an incredible rebirth. It literally felt like I had just shed off all of this this weight of of all of the anxieties and all of the the worries and all of the traumas that I've been holding on to I just realized I I I could let it go and I was the only person really holding them in and so this weekend I let it go and it's the most incredibly freeing feeling I've ever had I'm free finally I'm able to just see differently taste differently smell differently and it's really just because I took care of myself. There was really no magic potion, no magic drink, no no special thing that I had to take. It was just tuning into my body, tuning into my mind, listening to my heart, and just understanding that I need to take care of myself and I'll be all right. And I did. Thank you. Mm. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm just going to say you're... Uh testimony is such a courageous one and I appreciate you being open to to sharing your story thank you and I remember one of the things that he shared about the gratitude blooming practice with Nicole and holding space every week that time that they were doing it was how was an opportunity to rekindle his relationship with his father? And it's just such a reminder of there's always an opportunity to heal and to have a new relationship that you could never have imagined. And I'm so glad that he was able to have that. And just how he was always clear about his destiny. Last week, we recorded on destiny, and he was always very clear this is what I'm here to do. And I remember there were moments when it was hard for us to continue the podcast. There were some bumpy parts of the road navigating the uncertainty around it. And he would always say, what you're doing is timeless. This is a time capsule into this point in time. And I love that we get to hold his legacy through this podcast. I wouldn't be here on this podcast telling stories, if not for Brian. I'm not just an introvert. I'm one of those really shy introverts with prickly thorns, like on every finger and limb. (laughs) For the first season, Belinda and Omar asked me to record stories with Brian once a month. And I felt a big cloud hovering over me that made me wonder what I was signing up for. But Brian created a quiet, powerful, safe, and humble space that immediately put me at ease. He made me feel like I mattered and that the stories I had to tell mattered. And I could 
just tell he knew his craft so well and that he had this mastery to treat all my words and voice with great care. When I look back, what I will always remember is that he created that space by being truly present, by truly listening and truly caring. And then he translated the sound into this beautiful way of storytelling. I felt complete trust in him and know this podcast is one big gift that he left for us. It's a really sad time for us, and we send so much love and support to his wife, family, and friends as we all process the harshness of life and the stark reminder that the impermanence of things brings with it great beauty and also great sorrow. We love you, Brian, and will always be so grateful for the time we got to spend together in your presence here. And as we connect in with the iris flower and this theme of impermanence, I just taken back to this week. One of the things I did processing the loss of Brian was I went to one of the trees that we all gathered around as a team. Uh, it was a theater tree, tall, kind of a guardian of the land. And I started to just pull out some of the old brush and make space for just gratitude for life. And uh, I noticed that a lot of the old brush I was pulling out was the iris from the springtime. And now they're all brown and yellow and dried on the ground. And and it is just such a reminder from nature that there is this constant change. And it's hard to find beauty in loss and in death. And there's this draw to look for beauty in the flowers. And I am really grateful that we're able to also see the beauty and the gratitude that comes from loss as well. And so in this gratitude conversation we had with Karen Mack, who is someone that, uh, Omar, you met in grad school. Is that right? Yeah, we crossed paths, I think, in Coro and in grad school. And just one of those change makers here in Los Angeles that has really also followed her passion at this intersection of art and culture and more recently wellness. And so it's just been beautiful to really kind of reconnect with her in this conversation. Yeah, so I was really struck at the beginning of the conversation when Karen looked at the artwork and connected to the flower. I really like the shape of the iris. There's a feminine quality to the way that the petals are shaped and very soft and inviting and recognizing that the blooms only last so long. They are a beautiful example of the impermanence of nature, but also the fact that there's a cycle. And I think to really appreciate both um, this beautiful flower, but also the time when the flower isn't there and things are might be a little more difficult. 
recognizing that another flower will bloom. There are always flowers blooming, and it's our job to recognize that and to appreciate the beauty that we are given. Yeah, and to not take anything for granted, to really appreciate that fullness of the bloom when it's here and and even also appreciate the change of that bloom. I've been at this phase of my life noticing, wow, when you're 40, things start to change (laughs) and it's hard. And I feel like with this week, the pain in my heart, I'm just like, how can I still continue to love and appreciate this precious life that I've been given and also embrace that it will end. And, And that is not easy. And what I really appreciate about this podcast is that every week we have this opportunity to also get an in-depth perspective on someone's life. And it's not just all professional. It's about how they think about their life, what brought them to this point in time. And Karen, much like Brian, had this calling when she was young, like very young. She said, I just know my path is to support artists. And and it was really beautiful to hear her just talk about that calling in such a with such clear conviction. Very early in my life, I expressed a desire to support artists. And I don't know where that came from, although I understand it now that I'm older because I really see artists as meaning, our meaning makers. If you look across time, a lot of times what we do is we look back on the art. And so, and it's not just the visual experience, but really the experience that took place when the art was made. And so I'm thinking about cave paintings and just like what was going on when that cave painting was happening? Was there a ritual? Et cetera, et cetera. And my richest experiences has often been in the art and cultural realm. I think art, as I just talked about, has a spiritual quality. And so my work is really about creating space for people to make meaning together and to connect through that to, to build communities together that really serve their needs. The art is the entree point for this relationship building that really is at the foundation, I think, of every successful community. I see my work as giving people the chance to create those connections. It is a little bit of a spiritual calling. We saw during the pandemic how important our our relationships to each other are. And the other side of that is how challenged we are to relate to each other. I mean, this technological society that we're in really creates distance. And the challenge, though, right, is that relationships are messy, right? Connections are messy. But if we don't sort of figure out how to, like, put our hands into that messiness, then we find ourselves isolated and alone. And I feel like... That's the act of creation. This is why artists, they're in there. They're creating. And even if it's messy, like the messiness is part of the experience. It's not a reason like, oh, this isn't perfect. So therefore, I'm not going to like engage. It's like, oh, no, 
it's messy. Oh, so then therefore I must be creating. And so therefore I am on the path. That's really what I've loved about working with you, Arlene, and also Brian. It's like we get to every single week look at life through a visual artist and a sound artist. And what Karen said, artists are the timeless meaning makers. And I know, Arlene, for you, this journey to being an artist and even saying those words has been a struggle. It has not been easy. So I'm curious what is landing for you just reflecting on that idea. Yeah, I love what Karen was saying about art is really about the community and connections being made. And so I've always thought the Gratitude Blooming, I felt so grateful for the team around Gratitude Blooming. And, um, you know, it's this diverse, beautiful, I think all of you are artists. I think the art of creating connections like you've done with the gratitude circles and tying the art that I made to gratitude, even that wasn't, that was something that you guys did so beautifully. So I've always thought of gratitude blooming as an artist collective. And like when I reflect back, that means maybe I did some of the visual art. You guys are creating this beautiful way to connect and create community and brian was there right creating the stories making the stories accessible to reach further than we any of us would do alone i think i'm going to change my definition of gratitude to the practice of messy beautiful (laughs) it's like at least the gratitude blooming way of gratitude is the practice of messy beautiful Yeah, to be honest, I think of my art that way. You know, I never intended them to be on these cards and they were messy. (laughs) But I think that it makes them very real. Well, there is this part of the conversation that Karen starts to unpack. We went from meaning making, even her making the connection to cave paintings. We still have those artifacts from a long time ago. But what about the future? And she had this beautiful art exhibit in a local park in Los Angeles that was the background of her Zoom screen. And this is a part of the conversation where she really talks about the answer to the future is really in how we use our imagination. I can't think of anything we need more right now than imagination to solve our problem. And so we created this project, Creating Our Next LA, that's really about what is our vision for Los Angeles and how do we actually make that happen? And the young people and the artists are interpreting what all of these people we're coming in contact with have to offer in terms of a vision for Los Angeles. So it's an installation of 71 oak trees. And they were sited in Grand Park and we people create people filled out these templates. So there was an acorn template. There was a blue jay template, butterfly template. And they put their visions for Los Angeles on the templates. And then we had artists design. So the butterfly is Sonia Romero. Afonso Aceves was another artist that worked on it, as well as Beth Peterson, who I just talked about. So we had. These templates that created this connection between art and nature. And then there were benches that were underneath so people could come and sit in this grove of 
oak trees that was sited in Grand Park. Everyone talked about how calming it was and refreshing and just such a beautiful experience. The folks at Grand Park, they were sad to see it go. It kind of relates back to this idea of impermanence in some ways because our work, we don't generally do permanent installations. They're always temporary. That provides the opportunity to engage creatively working with these incredible young people who I feel like are saviors, really, because they're such beautiful, many of them are such beautiful humans, and they're willing to fight for their beliefs. I just love that dance between nature and art and just this idea of fighting for our beliefs. And I think maybe that's also just art is just a reminder that we are nature. Right. Like that we are part of this ecosystem. This ecosystem is part of us. And how do we just capture the essence of that? Maybe that's what art does so well is it just captures the essence of it. It's not always trying to capture everything in a literal way, but really what is the essence of something, that feeling? And that's the beauty and beast of feelings is that they are ephemeral. They come and go. Right. And that's both the gift and the challenge is that we can feel our feelings without becoming our feelings, that we can experience all of these things, but they're also going to go away. And so it is this dance and movement that we're a part of. Karen, interestingly enough, like speaks to this point, actually, when she was walking through LAX and uh, having this epiphany as well. So I'm excited to sh- have her kind of share this reflection that Why is art and nature so critical to social change and culture? I was actually, I was walking through LAX. I don't know if you've seen this installation, but there are these pictures of cells, human cells. They look like you're looking at the universe. Like, so it's like a trip to, like, there's the saying, we're all made of stardust. And when you look inside of us and you look at those incredible pictures that came back from space, it looks I like it looks the same. I think it's our challenge. And this is what I was talking about before, even in terms of my life, to kind of be in that flow. I think that our society, the way it's structured, is about conquering as opposed to getting in the natural cycle of things. Recently, I saw an exhibition by Joan Didion, or about Joan Didion, and at the Hammer Museum, and just so moving because she lost her husband and her daughter within a short period of time, but then she created this incredible work of art that has been like such a gift and particularly to people who are experiencing that kind of loss, which is and sounds completely unbearable, but so much a part of the human experience. And her example is to me about kind of being in the flow. How do you take this incredible loss and really kind of move on? And art is that power to express is a gift for those who have that as an outlet. Why I'm attracted to artists because of 
this power of listening and being able to then manifest gifts for all of us. Listening. It's that simple but profound practice of listening. And, you know, Arlene, you had talked about Brian's quiet guidance to you and quiet isn't silent. Quiet isn't not doing something. Quiet is created because of listening. And so just, I love that Karen has closed with this idea of listening and Brian created the space for us to share our stories and to be listened to. And then because we were being listened to felt encouraged to share more and because we're doing it and other people are willing to share their stories with us. And so it's just this energetic movement. Like that's why sound can become eternal is because it, it creates that movement, creates that movement through spaciousness in some ways. So beautiful what you just said, Omar. And I, it reminds me at one point, I remember in some of the gratitude blooming work that we were doing that we had this saying about listening is an act of love. And it brings me back to my memory of being in the sessions with Brian, especially in season one, because it was just the two of us would record like five stories separately on separate themes together. And he was listening. And now when I reflect back, it's like that is an act of love to the world is to listen. And so as we start to wind down the podcast in honor of Brian and his legacy and his way of listening and being present, I really invite you to think about listening and being present for someone that you love as a form of showing your appreciation and and notice what does the sound feel like i remember brian he would always capture the nuance of our voices and there were times when he'd be like that's not really fully you in what you're saying with this word, how can you say it again and really mean that? And so think about someone that really matters to you in your life. It could be someone you've known for a long time, someone you see every day, or someone new that you want to show that you really care about. And practice listening in that subtle way of that feeling. What are their words telling you? And then how do you want to mirror back to them that you're really present for them in that moment and you're appreciating what they're saying? Just like how in the springtime we can look at these beautiful flowers as they bloom and we know that moment is going to fade. Just like that conversation or that moment of connection with someone. So just being able to listen as a way of cherishing and appreciating that moment with them. And we invite you to listen to our theme song created by Brian as a way of appreciating the moment 
appreciating this time that we have together. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Brian. We love you. <laughs>